Hello there, belatedly, and welcome to episode 22 of Nevermind the Bullens. My name is Mike Peters. This is your bite-sized uh, weekly Everton podcast and vodcast, uh, recorded uh, a couple of days after our uh, defeat at uh, Newcastle. A bad Sunday all round uh, for Everton in terms of uh, the defeat not only for the men's team at Newcastle, but also for the ladies' team. And putting put in a valiant effort in the Women's FA Cup final. I was frantically trying to keep an eye on both games as uh, as they went on. Uh, and I have to say, the uh, the ladies acquitted themselves far better than the men's team did and were a bit unlucky, just ran out of legs in the end. They were a bit injury-hit and Man City, very, very good team, obviously, um, and uh, probably deserved to win the game. I don't think there's any question. But Sandy McKeever, fantastic in goal, and uh, the ladies can away from that game with an enormous amount of credit while obviously not uh, getting the results on the day. Uh, The men's team, on the other hand, well, uh, another very disappointing uh, Sunday afternoon, it has to be said. Uh, The team selection was, I think, probably a surprise to uh, a lot of us in terms of the way that the team was set up, but I sat and chatted to my brother in the car on the way back uh, before the game started as we sort of picked the bones out of it and thought, well, we can see the Carlos thinking here, making us more solid, you know, more difficult to break down, uh, giving the back four a bit more protection because we've been leaking goals at an alarming rate and unfortunately are continuing to do so. And thought, right, actually, by getting Gilfie Sigurdsson and uh, Andre Gomez uh, further up the pitch, hopefully they would give uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin a bit more support because, bless him, he had absolutely no help at all uh, against Southampton the week before. He, he plied a very lone furrow there. Um, but it was weirdly, it was a bit of a, a throwback, really, to what we've witnessed over the last couple of years, But you know, in terms of just completely one-paced um no sort of dynamism, playing very, very sideways. And Newcastle, we know they were going to be set up to be really compact, playing 5-3-2 with those wing-backs and Alan Sam Maximum being the man that's going to just run all over the place. And I did wonder whether one of Fabian Delph or, or, uh, or Alan or somebody or Abdelaide Decore would be given the task of just uh, sticking to... Uh, Sam Maximan to kind of stop him causing trouble because he is a good player he's played it very highly um, you know a real problem player that you know he's just by running and doing all the dribbling that he does create space for, for other players um, but it just didn't seem to work we had no energy at all it seemed very lethargic uh, very sort of apathetic and uh, you know it just it was it was really really disappointing you could almost see what was going on you just thought we're not we're not at it today again Um and I have to say, Andre Gomez, I don't like digging players out. I really don't. But he consistently, and this is so disappointing because we know how good he is, how what quality he has. But he has, to me, has offered very, very little this season so far. The game seems to continually pass him by. He always seems to be a yard, two yards off the pace. And I'm just wondering what that's down to. And he offered absolutely nothing on Sunday. Gave away the penalty with a very kind of lazy swing of the leg at the ball. All right, he didn't see Callum Wilson coming. But, you know, it was it was not great when he's given a job to do at that, uh, at that front post. Uh, of course, the Jordan Pickford decision to leave him out and, and put Robin Olsen in has given uh, extra fuel to the fire for the media. And I just found it absolutely bizarre, the fact that they, when the penalty was being taken and in the aftermath, they showed a replay of, they had a camera trained on Jordan Pickford to see his reaction. I just found that weird. I just, you know, Robin Olsen, I have to say, acquitted himself really, really well, made two terrific saves, particularly uh, the one in the second half from uh, uh, from Longstaff, where he got it, I mean, more difficult to 
put it, you know, came off the top of his arm and flew over the crossbar. That was a fantastic save. And the, one of the first half from some maximum, very good save, made himself big, really good as well. But then for Carlo to turn around and say that Jordan Pickford's going to be in for the United game next weekend, I found an unusual thing to say. To sort of t- saying that you want to take him out of the fire line because of all the brickbats that Pickford's been hit with over the last few weeks in the aftermath of the derby. And then it was arguably the right decision. But I think it's bigger than than that in terms of it's his form. He's consistently been inconsistent um, for quite a while now. And so therefore, why doesn't Robin Olsen deserve a chance? He probably he does. Um so, but then Sarah would say, well, it's only for one game. We'll be back in for next week. I thought it was an unusual statement. Uh, I must give credit to Dominic Calvert-Lewin because I thought he was fantastic on Sunday. His control of the ball was magnificent. And I sat there looking at it. I'm thinking, this guy is unrecognisable from the player that we signed for Sheffield United. It's like they're two different people. It's not even like you can see the progression. I mean, obviously he has progressed, but you know what I mean in terms of... he. It, I, He's a player that I remember having a conversation with somebody a couple of years ago. I got a famous Everton fan at a Christmas party where we were both working at the same place and we, we had a lengthy chat about Dominic Calvert-Lewin and we both just concluded that he wasn't good enough. Um, and I have to say, I'm so happy to be proved wrong because I thought his control and his use of the ball up against three centre-halves, uh, you know, he caused them problems and I was so pleased that he got his goal. But yet again, he wasn't getting the support that he needs to be really, really, really effective. I certainly wasn't getting the service either. And then when, you know, the substitutions were made, I, I just found Carlo just got those wrong completely. I did not get the logic of putting Abdullah Decore, our most dynamic midfielder on the day, at right back and taking Unconcu off when you want a player that can get crosses in and putting Fabian Delph at left back. I know he can play there. He obviously played there but he's for Man City and won the league with them there. But he is a square peg in a round hole. The only reason he played there for Man City was because they didn't have a left back because everybody was injured. So I just I can't quite get my head around the, 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 the substitutions. And the one that I really can't understand is Anthony Gordon not being used. I, I, you know, bringing Jen Tosin on, okay, fine, because he wanted to give him something else and we obviously were trying to get balls in the box that fine but what has Anthony Gordon done to not warrant being brought on uh, his persistence with Alex Awobi baffles me really because Alex Awobi as we've discussed many a time on this podcast offers very little I know he actually set up the goal but let's be fair that was a poor cross and took a deflection to get it into the path of Dominic Calvert-Lewin so what is I don't understand what he doesn't see in in Anthony Gordon. I I just I'm not sure when he was happy to throw him into the um, derby last season, the first game after the restart, and yet he's only seen fit to use him. I think an odd time he came on obviously last week at Southampton, but he's not really got a chance in in the league games. He's only played in a couple of the Car- the Carabao Cup games. I, I don't understand that. Um, at all and this is not me I know there's been people going well criticising your manager you want him out blah 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 far from it I think Carlo's fantastic fantastico magnifico but I just have to question some of his decisions and that's only right and proper for fans to um, to ask those questions so you know obviously next week with United and obviously they're in a, a really bad uh, rut at the minute um, they've been very very poor and I found it absolutely amazing that Sky have, uh, you know building up the Man United Arsenal game like they were because traditionally it has been a big game but let's be fair where those two clubs are at at the minute it isn't 
Arsenal going great guns under Mikel Arteta. He's done a really good job in the time that he's been there. But I found that very, very odd to be building that game up to make it like a clash of the Titans, as it used to be back in the day. And they were, you know, fantastic games. But very, very peculiar, that for me. But with them, Man United coming and they are in a bit of a state, you know, a real, a real state of flux. So there's definitely an opportunity for us to get back on the... Uh, on, on the winning trail and we've obviously dropped down a few places Leicester obviously beating Leeds and Liverpool winning and, and Southampton jumping above us as well they're continuing their very impressive run of form so we need to get out of this little sort of blip that we've hit over the last couple of games but it does show these last couple of games when we haven't had Richarlison uh, we haven't didn't have Luca Dean although he will be back missing Seamus Coleman as well that actually where and it just shows proves again to what our, the fans already knew um, that obviously our first eleven are as good as anybody in the top six, uh, and certainly, or certainly, a match for anybody in the top six, you know. But actually, behind that, that is where we're lacking. It's strength in depth. Yes, we shifted players out, but suddenly, you know, your options are, are limited in terms of right who is on the bench that's going to come and change the game. I also must say about Yerry Mina. Uh, again, he was caught out for the for the second goal, like he was running through treacle. You know, Ryan Fraser is a pacey player but he's not lightning quick and he was just found so wanting and he just seems to want to get himself embroiled in the dark arts of it a bit much particularly with the penalty where Callum Wilson shoved the ball into his belly and so you know Mason Holgate's return um, or even Jared Branthwaite for that matter can't come soon enough I think we need to be much much more solid and that's where we need to start on Sunday against United by um, trying to keep a clean sheet first of all because that gives us the basis then that we can try and uh, win the game so hopefully we can pick back up and get back to that early season form that we showed in the first few games on Sunday against Man United until then you can get in touch at nmtbpod or nmtbpod at gmail.com uh, until the weekend Come on, you blues.